You're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast and I'm your host, Tokes Arotere. This is episode 58. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast where we believe the mind is the engine room of your life and what happens in there determines the outcome. Episode 58 is Taking Ownership of Your Dreams, Embracing the Ugly, (laughs) because it isn't all pretty. Hello, hello. How are you? I hope you've been amazing and your week has been beautiful. More like I hope you were able to recognize the beauty that the past week presented because we only find what we're seeking. If this is your first time here, welcome and thank you for joining me. Get ready for an inspiring 30 or so minutes. And I'd love to know how you found this podcast. So please tell me, send me a DM. I'm on social at Talks Arotere and you can also email me at talks at talksarotere.com. It would be awesome to get to know you better. I'm a businesswoman, a mindset strategist, a speaker, and a would-be author. I'm also a wife and a mom to four amazing giant sons. (laughs) My sons are giants. On this podcast, I share my life and business lessons so you can take some shortcuts to becoming who God created you to be. And to my regular listeners, I say, how now? (laughs) That's how we greet in Nigeria. And how now means, how are you? How's your family? How's life? How's everything that your life touches? It's pregnant with meaning. How is it going? I hope you've been well. Please don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. There was a season in my life where I felt pretty isolated. I was experiencing a rapid transformation in my mind and it seemed no one around me understood. (laughs) My language changed, my outlook on life heightened and I couldn't joke about the things that I used to joke with my friends about anymore. But I didn't understand then that what I should have done was share my lessons, my newfound views and all that God was doing in my life. I should have shared it with my closest friends so that we could all grow together and be on the same page. Well, thankfully, today, the women in my life are powerhouses and we encourage each other, we share the good stuff. And so I encourage you to share Living Inside Out with your circle so that you will also be surrounded by achievers. As for me, this has been an interesting week. (laughs) I have been away on business and spent pretty much a total of 12 hours worth of sleep this week. I haven't counted, but I will not be surprised if I had 12 or less hours. In other words, I feel battered. I'm a lot better today because my assistant booked an at-home massage for me. The guy cancelled 
this was yesterday so he cancelled and now I really really wanted one so I found one near me who had like 53 five-star reviews and I thought these reviews seem real because we all know there are fake reviews family cousins friends entire ethnic groups <laughs> help to prop a person up with fake five-star reviews but these ones looked real and actually I didn't care because beggars cannot be choosers I needed my muscles to be worked on guys meet joy <laughs> joy's massage method isn't like the fancy spa ones and i've only ever gone to those really pretty spas where their branding is on point and you walk into the sound of the really soft music and the smells and everyone speaks in hushed tones and everyone is wearing white with their name badges on it and then when you get into the room you meet a folded towel and a folded dressing gown or rather a folded bathrobe and everything's white everything's pretty and then they say okay get yourself ready and i'll be back <laughs> and then they leave the the room and shut the door and then you get undressed and get yourself onto the table and they come and come mm -mm -mm. joy did not do that she's not that's not her she literally said Okay, take your clothes off, get on the table. <laughs> Thank God I went to boarding house. And so there was no shame there. The oil was room temperature. It wasn't preheated like those fancy places. But a boy, did she do me justice? I have never, ever, 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 ever <laughs> had such an experience in my life. Joy is part masseuse and part osteopath because she crossed my legs while I was lying face down then bent them all the way back and pressed my feet onto my bottom and then she got onto the table with her little self and walked all over my back <laughs> and then I thought I was dying and then I began to chastise myself because she had asked me earlier light medium or deep massage and my mouth said deep because i needed it <laughs> so now shame did not allow me to backtrack and say it was too much besides i went to military school i'm not a wuss i'm not about to present myself as one who cannot handle pain even though i was dying after a while a yelp escaped from my mouth and she went ah too hard i went uh yeah it is hard but it's not too hard i need it and i'm trying hard to gather my self-esteem back and she said yes you do need it so if your muscles need work you need joy joy is clean she's sweet she's friendly and proof that diamonds do come in the rough today i am happy to continue with the topic of taking ownership and we are diving into what it means to take ownership of your dreams. If you recall episode 54 was about recognizing the pieces of your dreams and we learned that our dreams are complete pictures and like a jigsaw puzzle is made up of many pieces all the pieces of your dreams are complete but if you don't study the picture you won't know what it looks like and those pieces can be found scattered all over the path that we're traveling on. Knowing what the complete image of your future looks like 
will ensure that you recognize the little bits when you come across them. But I have found that knowing your purpose isn't enough or knowing the fullness of the picture, the future that you hope for is not enough. It is essential that we study it, but that's only part of the story because you've also got to pick them up and you've got to recognize that there are hindrances or obstacles to picking them up. And we had looked at three of them, I believe in the previous episode or the one before, perhaps as you're listening, you're recalling some of the opportunities that you have come across and you knew, you just knew that they were yours to take. And yet somehow, despite your best efforts, despite the sacrifice and the pain and the hard work, the opportunity just did not materialize into anything serious. Now, before we carry on, I want to tell you why this episode and indeed the last three that we have been recording or listening to are crucial for us to grasp. Your life is an answer to someone else's question. If you don't step into your purpose, if you are not doing what your soul knows to do, then you are depriving people. Someone has been deprived. This season, God has been teaching me about my uniqueness and the uniqueness of each of his children, including you. Because along with your personality and your fingerprints, which no one else has or will ever have, your purpose is also unique. Nobody was given the same specific assignment that you have. Never mind that on the surface, it will appear that multiple people share similar callings. So if you don't fulfill your purpose, you would have not only deprived yourself of the joy of manifesting the beauty of God through your life or your true self, but you will also have been depriving the people that God has sent you to and you would have stopped them from fulfilling theirs. Sister, brother, you have a heavy mandate. Let me tell you a story. I returned from Milan two days ago. I was attending a furniture fair with three members of my team, which is why my muscles needed joy because it was a lot of walking around. It was sleeplessness and so much. But on day two, we had breakfast together and about half an hour or so before it was time for us to leave for the venue, I looked around the hotel restaurant and later the lobby and I had a moment. I needed to write and today I want to share what was so heavy on my mind. But let me back up a little bit. Our flight was booked to leave Gatwick Airport at 8pm and it kept getting delayed due to ongoing issues with flights from a lot of the major airports in the UK. If you live here, you've been hearing about cancellations at some point as many as 120 or more in one week by just one airline. And so the fact that they were delaying and not cancelling the flight was something for us to be thankful for. Finally, we arrive in Milan just before midnight and finally get to our hotel about 1am. I go have a hot shower, which is what I do when I'm so tired that I need energy just to get into my bed. And I'd adjusted the air conditioning. The room was warm, 33 degrees right now in Milan and counting. 
and had my shower. 30 minutes later, it still wasn't cold. It was still warm. I tried to sleep, tossed and turned for what seemed like an hour or so, and then eventually went down to the reception. By this time, I was a bit irritated because of the situation. I was looking forward to just having that first night really sleeping deeply so that the next day I'll have enough energy. The receptionist tells me that I was doing, they are making the adjustments on the thermostat wrong because I'd taken a picture with my phone saying, listen, this is what I've done and nothing's, you know, it's not working out. He said to me that I was doing it wrong, that the universal sign for cold air, i.e. the snowflake, which all of us know, meant that I wanted winter settings, which translates into warming the room <laughs> and that the universal sign for warm air, i.e. the sun, meant that I was in summer and I therefore needed the room to be cold. I thought, hmm, okay. And so between the reception on the ground floor and the eighth floor, room 806, I forced myself to believe him made the adjustments he suggested, finally fell asleep. And that's the power of the mind because I fully expected it to become cold and I fell asleep in the same heat that I couldn't even bear earlier on. 33 degrees, guys. <laughs> Two hours later, I awoke with my throat on fire. The room was, of course, burning hot. I switched off the offending old crusty thermostat. I had googled the brand to see if I could find instructions but I only found Italian videos. In total I had only two hours of sleep in a hot and uncomfortable room and so back to breakfast time I was grumpy. I was annoyed that after paying as much as we did the room was substandard especially when I found out that my staff's room was absolutely perfect. It was cool, the AC worked, it was nice and cold I tend to use my business trips as a micro or mini break where possible. And when I say a break, occasionally, and that hasn't happened for a while, but occasionally I'm able to tag on an additional two days after my meetings or events or whatever I'm there for, I add on an additional day or two just for me. But even when I can't do that, like on this occasion, it was two packed days and it was straight back home. I knew I wouldn't have time to unwind. But just being in a different environment on a nice hotel bed for me was a break. Just breaking up my life so that it's not the usual day-to-day -day activities. And so I felt robbed. And now I was going from frustration to anger to moaning to seeing everything in my space as negative. Because that's what happens with our emotions. One emotion wakes up the next and the next one wakes up the other one. And I stopped because it was clear that my feelings had taken over and they were now leading me. And I was following like we were in a parade, all dressed up <laughs> with a hat and glittery clothes. And it was with this annoyance that I had headed downstairs with the team. So I went back up to write after breakfast because I needed to remind myself that once upon a time, Staying in a hotel was not even a consideration. Let me tell you what my trade shows in Europe used to look like back then. I'd take the night bus to Liverpool Street Station at two in the morning because I couldn't afford a cab 
or petrol or go there and park the car myself. I couldn't even trust that my car would survive the motorway and my ticket to Germany or wherever I was headed was always a same day return because I could not afford to stay in a hotel. I also couldn't afford to pay for a second day at the fair. My team was me, myself and I. My goal during those trips was fairly simple. I wasn't going to necessarily make purchases with suppliers. Oh no, because they had requirements that I did not meet. I was going to convince or rather beg them to at least give me a chance. In the space between or during this time between my leaving the airport and getting to Germany or whatever the trade fair was, I would spend that time whipping up my confidence and I'd be putting on a persona that hopefully reflected some level of importance, something that reflected that I was a real businesswoman. And at the end of the fair, I'd race back to the airport to catch my flight back home. I remember one day I nearly missed it. I was praying on the train to the Cologne airport because if I missed that flight, I didn't have any money to get me back home. And yet here I was only a few days later complaining about air conditioning, a delayed flight and whatever else. And so as I journaled, I arrived at the most powerful part, gratitude. I began to write my thanks to God that I did not quit when I had every reason to, that I was still in business. And even though I have not recognized it, my business has grown, that I could afford to not only fly over and stay a couple of nights with my team, but that I even had employees in the first instance, that I had a supportive husband and children, that my mind was sound and my body was whole, that I am growing, oh, thank God for growth. Thank God for evolution. Here I was at a show without the need to convince anyone to quote unquote, let me sell their products. Here I stood with my own brand of furniture that had people asking me to, quote unquote, let them sell it. While we were queuing at the departure gate as we left London for Milan, I struck up a conversation with a gentleman who we suspected was going to the same show as us. I introduced myself and the company, and do you know what he said? Wow. We were talking about the baby cut shop just yesterday. Someone told me to check you out and he went on about how we were recommended for the best in baby furniture. He's a high-end interior designer, works with our type of clients and he knows us. <laughs> Writing wiped off my irritation promptly. I share this because I want you to see what it looks like on the inside. This year, I've traveled quite a bit for work and I often share the pictures of my travels on my social media, on my WhatsApp status and so on. But then I realized that my pictures don't show the full story. They seem to suggest that success and beauty and jet setting is the order of things in my life. And yes, I am thankful to be able to do the things that I do, but I will be wrong 
if I let you walk away from my feed, believing that that is all there is. In this episode, I want to share some of the not so pretty portions of my business life because I want you to know that if your journey does not look as glamorous as you expect it to look like, it is normal. We love to take ownership of the things that work out and look good. But if your dreams are to become a reality, you've got to own the ugly too. Growth is painful, but the pain shouts while the advancement or the increase whispers. In other words, you are more attuned to the pain and discomfort and almost oblivious to the growth and advancement. And this is the reason why we quit. It is hard, and yet we can't see any results. I'm nowhere near what I believe is possible for me or the business, and I know that a lot of it is because I avoid the discomfort that comes with being stretched. If you're in a season where it seems a whole lot of stretching is going on, and little reward is coming your way, understand that your life is a container for the outcome you hope for. The larger the room that is created by the expansion, the more outcome you will receive. It can be frustrating working with an empty container. It's like building a house, you know, it looks pretty ugly while the building and plastering and the painting is being done but the reason the homeowner does not give up due to its ugliness and the fact that he's not even living there yet is because he or she understands that so long as they hold the picture of the future of the end products in their mind, they are making progress. They don't need to sleep in the house as evidence that it will one day be complete and they will live there. You don't need to see immediate fruit as evidence that your dream is valid. Growth is painful. And my second point is that pain builds resilience. The longer you endure the pain of growth for, the more resilient you become. And increasing amounts of resilience will be needed as you advance on your journey. And so I recall the season in my life, on my journey, where I always expected that any breakthrough I had signaled the end of my trials. And so I remember one season when we had come back from the United States and we literally had nothing. We lost everything. If you don't know my story, head to episodes one and two of this podcast. And we lost everything, had nothing. I was pregnant with my fourth son at the time and finances was dire. And then my husband got a job and I thought, finally, we're back up. We're back on our way up. Because he was also changing careers, he was not getting the job that was going to last long. He was getting contracts, short-term contracts, just to get the experience into the field he wanted to get into. And every time he got a contract, I'd be like, oh, thank God, at last. Once he gets one contract, he's always going to get more. But it wasn't like that. And so you realize that disappointment plays a part in why we quit because the expectation of a breakthrough is not supposed to be you no longer need to hope for things to get better that's not the job of a breakthrough the breakthrough 
informs you that your life is not one long story of failure or the need to quit. The breakthrough tells you that you will have breaks along the way. It's almost like coming up for air and then going back down to keep on building on the ground. That's what it feels like. And every time you have a breakthrough, which is then followed by a return to the grind, your resilience is being built. And every time you look back on what you have survived or gone through, hopefully you're able to think, oh, that was nothing. I thought the world had come to an end. The reason we look back on failures and think they were nothing is because we're no longer who we used to be. We're no longer the person we were at the time we had that first failure. We have grown. We have become more resilient. We have increased in capacity. And so you develop resilience by having a non-negotiable why. I almost want to say that you manage your expectations, but that might be misconstrued into thinking that you don't have enough expectation or you allow your hope to die. That's not what I mean. By managing your expectation is that you expect that in the end you win, but you have to accept and manage the truth that there will be many wins, which means you have many ends. And that means you that you also have many failures or what would seem like failures. I cannot believe that I have been speaking for the better part of 30 minutes, which means that our time today is up. But never fear, because next week we're going to deep dive into having a compelling why. Because if you don't have the reason a strong enough reason to keep going, I guarantee you, you will quit, you will settle, you will stop in your tracks. So if you're not subscribed to Living Inside Out, you want to subscribe so you don't miss when this next episode is released. I've been working on a program that will be released very soon, where I will be helping a few people transform through a change in their mindset. There is a fee, it's a nominal fee, but it will also include complimentary mentorship because I don't have the physical space to mentor everyone who asks, but I'm making the space for anyone who joins the program. That's the best I can do. The details are being ironed out as we speak, but send me a DM or an email if you'd like to know more. It will be with a maximum of 10 people and I'll be teaching some of the principles that have transformed my life and business from having nothing, starting at rock bottom. I love rock bottom because you can't fall any further and just growing into the space that God had pre-created me or rather God had created for me to step into. It is ideal if you are at the crossroads in life or you feel stuck, or you want to start a business, or you're stuck in your business, and you know that there is so much more within you, and you don't know what that is, or where to start. Because of time constraints, I will only be able to accept people who are committed to real change, and have even started the process themselves, because I have some great skills, and I've had mind-blowing experiences that I can share but I cannot perform that type of miracle. Some things need work. When God said, I will bless the work of your hands, he said the work, not the desire, not the yearnings, 
not the wishes or the dreams or the longings. I've left my contact details in the show notes and I cannot wait to hear from you. I believe that it is my life's mission to help all who cross my path. And on that note, I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. And if it has, why don't you share it with a friend or two or three? (laughs) Till next time, thank you for listening.